after two months, they implemented our ASO and ASA framework. And now their rankings for apps went from 200 keywords to more than 2,000 keywords. And I personally attribute 50% of the success to doing improvements on ASO. user acquisition at scale without app store optimization, how important is it really? What all factors into ASO and what kind of boost can you achieve when you have great optimization for the app store and Google play? Welcome to mobile heroes uncensored. My name is John gets My co-host as usual is Peggy and And today we're chatting about optimizing your app listings. Peggy, who's our expert? Well, John, we continue our world tour of data and intelligence companies. Today, we're talking to Taha Karsley, head of partnerships at Mobile Action, which is a user acquisition solution for paid and organic mobile growth that helps more than 300,000 marketers up their game and become more visible on the App Store and Play Store. Before joining Mobile Action, Taha founded a B2C startup, advised seed stage startup. So he's really a serial entrepreneur. And he did a stint as a podcast host doing fireside mm-hmm. chats with founders and investors in Silicon Valley. Yeah. So he's in his element here with us, John, obviously, because he's on his podcast with us today. Taha, great to have you on Mobile Heroes. Hey, Peggy. Hey, John. I'm glad to be here and thanks for having me. We are super pumped to have you as well. Welcome. And just a note for everybody who is listening or watching, if my voice sounds a little husky and if I have to clear it uh, once in a while, I just came off COVID and so I'm feeling a little bit of that right now. And if you notice that my face looks a little different, I just had some surgery to remove some skin cancer. So I'm looking prettier than ever, Peggy. But hey, we are good to go here. Let's start here, Taha. What data do you provide to assist in app store optimization, suggestions, rankings, and general mobile growth? So we are a mobile intelligence company. We started off with our intelligence story with the ASO intelligence side of the things. And now we provide intelligence data on four modules that we can say. The first is obviously the ASO. The second is the market intelligence which we provide download revenue, DAU and MAU uh, estimates. And also we do have an ad intelligence module and also an SDK intelligence. And on the other side, we do have a platform called searchads.com, which is an official Apple search ads partner as a campaign management platform. And we help thousands of Apple search ads advertisers to scale their budget and be more visible on the app store. So that tells us what you do and how you're helping marketers. But let's dive a little deeper into what exactly the role of App Store optimization is in an overall mobile growth strategy. You talked about paid and organic. What about ASO? What role does that play? So I would say when it comes to think about mobile growth, especially in the user acquisition side of the things, I believe we cannot think of paid acquisition separately than app store optimization because what you do on one side visibly affects the other side. Let's say that if you do great ASO, your branding campaigns will probably perform better. And if you do, let's say a proper UA, 
you will have more downloads, more reviews, more word of mouth, more social proof, and you'll be more visible on the app store. And that's one of the things as well, because people will be searching for your solution or not being necessarily your solution, but a solution in your niche or your genre. And that will also help. And also since app store doesn't differentiate downloads like paid and organic, let's say that attracting installs to some search terms on UA side, let's say on the Apple search ad sites, will also have a positive impact on your organic rankings for those specific keywords as well. So I think your app store optimization and paid UA, especially Apple search ads, has a strong interdependence between each other. I like that you put it that way, that they're interdependent because, I mean, way back in the mists of app time, you know, you kind of felt like if you really nailed app store optimization really, really well, you know, maybe you could grow just based on that, right? If there wasn't too much competition in a niche and maybe kind of almost like web search, if you totally nail SEO, even today in certain niches, you can get a lot of organic traffic. That's really, really hard right now. But let's talk about the difference between somebody who's well-optimized and somebody who's poorly optimized. What kind of differentiation you see? How much difference is there between someone who's totally nailed on ASO and an app that's just not well-optimized? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question because I think, you know, when it comes to ASO, there's no destination point that you can arrive in terms of optimization. You can always do more to, to increase your rankings and your presence. But I believe whether you do great ASO, whether you do have an in-house team or an external support mechanism who helps you with ASO, or you just have your own time, there are really good low-hanging fruits for you to optimize your ASO by yourself. But, you know, even if you go to any, let's say, ASO expert in our industry, if you ask them, can you give me like a five minutes audit just by looking at my app, they can quickly identify some, some points that you can do better. If I were to come back to your question, and yes, I believe there's a big difference between an app which does proper ASO and versus an app that is, let's say, barely optimized. And I think a good example to that is we do have a gaming app client which started to do ASO and search ads with us. And prior to doing a proper ASO on iOS, they were ranking for a little more than 200 keywords, which was the typical ranking condition of the similar apps in their genre. Other than, you know, really few big apps, there wasn't much of that was ranking for much of keywords. And actually most of those 200 keywords were low ranking keywords or like below ranking 10. So in terms of traffic, they are not a good source of download. And shortly after two months, they implemented our ASO and ASA framework. And now their rankings for apps went from 200 keywords to more than 2000 keywords. And I personally attribute 50% of the success to doing improvements on ASO. Nice, nice. And that of course had a big impact on their, I guess, Two things, right? One, number of downloads, but also conversion rate? I wouldn't say necessarily, but if you do optimization on acquiring your users through high intent keywords on ASO, I think that's that's a good strategy to increase conversion rates. 
So there's a lot you can do to cash in on some low-hanging fruit, as you said. I won't ask you about the low-hanging fruit necessarily, but I do want to understand the differentiators and the key factors. What are they, for example, on the app store that you're watching or marketers need to watch? So I will say we can start off by the things that affect your ranking. So the first will be obviously your title. And mm -hmm. this is the, the best keyword real estate that you can possibly use to do ASO. And what I would do if I were an app marketer to do ASO, I will first do a keyword research and find the top keywords in terms of traffic in my genre. And I will add the ones who are the most relevant to my app, to my title, which okay. we do see it like in, in the industry, everybody, not everybody, but most of the apps who do ASO follows a similar strategy. And the second thing will be the subtitle. I believe it's also low hanging fruit for some apps because I see a reputable amount of apps using their subtitle not really efficiently because sometimes they repeatedly use their brand name. Sometimes they are not using it to put some high intent keywords there. And I think, you know, this is a good real estate. You can have 30 characters to put whatever you want, but I would suggest to use this place wisely and use some keywords that you would rather put on your title, but you couldn't because you didn't have enough real estate which you have another place and you can put them. And the third thing will be your app store connect keywords. And here mm -hmm. you have hundred characters. And personally, I would use this place to put keywords that I would have the higher chance of ranking. So this keywords will essentially be, I mean, relatively low competition keywords. And I will relatively use here the shorter keywords than the longer ones, because here I can use them without forming a sentence or doing any type of visual um, makeup, let's say. So I will use here to put some really good high intent, low competition keywords. And some things to avoid here can be like as a tip, we can avoid using a single keywords, both plural and singular versions. So we will not spend time on two of them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I believe on the ranking size, these three are basically it. But other than the factors that affects rankings, of course, ASO doesn't end there. There are other things that we will, uh, I believe, uh, discuss. I think Peggy would not uh, stop here about uh, talking about ASO. That's for App Store, key factors for Google Play. Yeah. I would say similar to app store, you have your title and mm -hmm. you have rather than subtitle, you have your short description, which is the equivalent of the subtitle on the app store. And in the short description, you have 80 characters. And I will use here to explain the true value proposition of the app. Like for instance, I believe Uber at some point were using here something like know your fare before riding. So it's a really good use case. So like it says, you know, this is a right hailing app. It probably says in the title and it says multiple propositions, you will know the fare before you're writing. So I believe today in this world, it is too odd that you wouldn't see a fare before writing in a right hailing app, but 
back then probably like I believe it was something like 2017 or 2018 it was a little good top title to put in and also other than the short description we have a long description which is 4,000 characters and there are lots of good use cases to utilize this place uh, but since on the Google Play side of the things the keyword density is something affects ASO in that case I would repeat some keywords multiple times to signal that my app is very much related to it and I should be ranked by it. So in that way, you know, rather than just throwing them randomly, like let's say I'm a meditation app, I wouldn't say meditation for kids, meditation for adults, meditation for sleeping, meditation for that and this, I would probably say, you know, form sentences that add value. So for instance, let's say Spotify at some point was using something like listen to music and podcast on your tablet for free. Mm-hmm. This is a really good use of this because you use listen, use music, use podcast, and use for free. In one sentence, as perfect as it can get, it tells the wallet provision, it gives you a reason to download and it's perfect. So I will form sentences like that to both will in, include some good keywords for me and also for people to read it easily. And I believe in some senses, you know, for me, I'm a skimmer more than a reader when it comes to the app store readings. So forming these descriptions, if you were to show me your key keywords in the right places, I will just see, okay, listen, free and that and this, and I will be more than convinced to download the app. So if I were an app marketer, I would probably write my copy for skimmers while being mindful about not throwing keywords out there, just forming visually propelling sentences. I like that Spotify example because I like something that reads well and yet has the keywords and the SEO, if you will, that it needs to have for good ASO. It's always funny for me when I look at keywords in titles and subtitles, especially titles, because I just imagine the backroom conversations between the brand people and the performance Mm. people. And they're like, that's the name of our brand. That's our app. And we don't want to, you know, litter it with 15 keywords afterward. And I get that. And I understand that. And there's going to be some levels of compromise there, depending on your position in the market, how good you are, how much money you have to spend and how, how much you've got brand people who really, really care. Let's talk about reviews. Apps are always asking for you to review them, especially after you've used them well or for a long period of time or one something might be in a good mood about them. How important are reviews? Getting reviews and having a proper uh, rating is, is something top of the mind, is something amazing. But of course, you know, in, in terms of rating, if I should give a tip about that, if your ranking is less than three and a half stars, if I were to join a company as a ASO manager, or if someone asked me an opinion about their app, if I see something like that, I would say, you know, this should be the number one priority because you know, of course, maybe the rating and reviews are not the one of the top factors that uh, affects the rankings and the ASO, if you think in a nutshell, but it is something that is really strong for the social proof. If people see your app is getting lots of bad reviews, it is not something that I want to download personally as a consumer. 
And some other tips could be on the reviews. First, I would always try to be responsible on not only the good reviews, but also the negative ones as well. Because it's always good to see that a brand is picking up on the bad reviews, whether on mobile or web, it doesn't matter. You know, when you see an, a brand is being responsive and caring about their customers, it's, it's something that I think makes a difference between other apps. And also, if someone is giving you a review about a bug or a problem about your service, it's a good chance to give replies as well. Because at that point, they will say that, okay, they are they're caring about these problems. You know, if my app will crash, if something will happen, they will probably take care of me as well. So when we take these things into consideration, I think replying reviews shows that you are, you are caring your customers. I think, you know, another tip could be like taking the, taking a look to the bigger picture of your reviews. You can look at them separately. You can look at them one by one. You can get some intelligence around that. But I think getting an aggregate level of insights on your reviews is one of the best insights that you can get when it comes to your customers, because whenever I want to download an app or like whenever I'm considering some options about my app, I always go to mobile action, like as a customer, I look up their most mentioned keywords in their reviews and the rankings of these keywords. So like it tells me most of the times, if, if I look at the FinTech app, I see customers are mentioning how good the, let's say, interest rates are, for instance, or how good their customer service are. I'm seeing the service keyword mentioned for 400 times in the last two months. So like those things are giving a good indication of how that app known by their customers. So I believe in terms of showing the care about customer, the reviews is a really good uh, place to utilize. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if I'm looking at an app, I'm certainly going to look at the overall rating, but I'm also going to click on all the five stars and I'm going to read a few of them. And if they all sound like they're super canned, uh, then I know that somebody's bought a lot of reviews and I'm going to steer clear of that. And I'm going to click on the one stars and I'm going to read those and because I want to know, you know, are there real problems with the app? Um, is it subscription and somebody was charging and they couldn't stop the charges or whatever? I, yeah, so they are useful, at least uh, not just social proof, but also in conversion uh, rates as well. Awesome. Thank you. We talked about how important the reviews are, and that's how you engage an audience, get my attention. I'm reading it. I'm saying, oh, this app, there's a lot about service. I'm looking for service. This might be the match. That's one thing. But the other way that you make an impression is literally, you know, picture tells a thousand words here, app images, for example. What are you seeing? What works best? So I think just because the screenshots are shown in the search results it's a good opportunity to do conversion optimization on this front because you know the the best screenshots i saw so far has some common attributes that they have and i think in a sense you know creative can be sometimes like a math if you think about it and there are some common best practices that people does in order to have better conversion rates. When people search on something, we do have this three big um, screenshots on the app store. And even if we do have more than three, those three very much affects the tap through rates 
between our in, uh, in impressions and installs. So I would say the best screenshots that I saw in the industry, first, they put value propositions and competitive advantages in the first three screenshots. And since the three screenshots will be shown on the search results, it's a good strategy because in the search results, they will also see the other apps as well. And the second thing I would say, showing the, the coverage and the quantity of things about your app is also a good strategy. Some things like, you know, let's say that for a streaming app, it could be, you can find 70 million songs in this app. Or let's say, you know, for a meditation or relaxing sounds app, you can say that you can relax with more than hundreds of guided meditations. And mm. those quantitative things are also something that customers care about, you know. I believe that indicates if that is that app is a seasoned app and they do have a good amount of content that they can use moving on rather than just having few contents. And the third thing will be, I will do constant A-B testing on doing my screenshots because relatively the first idea that I have about my screenshots doesn't necessarily have to be the best idea. So I will try to A-B test new ideas mostly on the first three screenshots to see which one works better. And, and lastly, I think one of the most exciting features that released by Apple these days, one of them is custom product pages. So on the, on the paid acquisition side, I would say this would also help you increase your conversion rates. And there are some ad networks that you can utilize custom product pages now. And this is, I believe, is still in the early days of the adaptation, but will be something that apps will drive better conversion rates moving forward. Okay. Now I want to do five quick questions, like literally 20 second answers. Mm. First thing that comes to mind. Um, and we'll start here. What's the most misunderstood thing about ASA? I would say in general, CPAs are being higher than some other ad networks. I understand that CPA is an important metric for app marketers, but when it comes to Apple Store Chats, I wouldn't necessarily worry about CPAs because what I see today in the app advertising market is companies are more conservative on spending, but they're more focused on driving LTV, ROAS, instead of CPA or CAC. So I think, you know, Apple Store Chats is a good channel to drive better ROAS. Second question, least utilized tactic that could be big. I would say on Apple search side, it will be discovery campaigns, but in a systematic way. Sometimes I hear from companies that they tried discovery campaigns, but it didn't work for them. But I believe if they were to solve their challenges on keyword finding, optimizing their campaign structure and getting insights for iteration, I believe discovery campaigns would be the best way to scale their spend. Third one, most common mistake in Apple search ads. I would say relying on less intelligence data and more guesswork when it comes to keywords, because at the end of the day, the best way to find valuable keywords is through looking at the data. And when you invest in profitable keywords, when 
things starts pick up, you will have better ROAS and you can reinvest into Apple Search Ads more. And in that way, it's no scale to scale the spending. Fourth quick question. Biggest opportunity you see in ASO? I would say really trying to doing more optimization on the screenshots because creative is getting more and more important, whether it's on the, the listing pages or on the ad creatives. I would try to do more optimization on the screenshot side. And finally, how frequently should you update your app store listing or Google play listing? It depends, uh, depends on your category and depends on whether you have something new to share with your users. But there are some use cases. For instance, if you were to look at Calm, a meditation app, within this year, we see that the longest period that they didn't update their app store listing was three weeks. And they update their app around every two weeks to 10 days since January. But if you look at one of their main competitors, Headspace, we also see that the longest they didn't update their last listing was three weeks between their two updates. But other than few exceptions, they release the new update almost every week. So they are pretty much a similar app, their meditation app, but they do update uh, their apps. The frequency is different. I would say there's no single answer to that. The best way to, best way to know would be testing and seeing how your updates will affect your rankings. But I will suggest marketers to be patient on seeing some results because it can take some time to see direct results on the rankings. Well, Taha, when we kicked it off, we said we're continuing our world tour of data companies, right? That's what we're doing. We have this mini series. We're looking at the data marketers need to pay attention to because, of course, data is everything. Data-driven marketing. If you don't have data, you're driving your business blind. Where does mobile action and the information you provide and those data sets fit in with all the other data sets that marketers need to pay attention to? The current capabilities for marketers to manage both paid and organic UA efforts together is not enough in the market. So what I think the, the next big thing in the mobile UA world would be close the gap between organic and paid acquisition. So at Mobile Action, our goal is to achieve that. And we are trying to provide solutions that will bring the paid and organic side together, especially on the ASO and Apple Search side of things. Because on the keyword side, we talked about with John that this, these two have a strong interdependence. And I believe having an intelligence around the organic side and also the paid side all together will be something that marketers will benefit very much that we don't have a platform like that today, but mobile action is on a mission to become that. And today we already have some really great features, which merges these two sides of the UA, but uh, in the future, it's going to be more clear. That's pretty interesting to me. And I just want to dig into that a little deeper. We do have a scenario where you seem to have, in some sense, separate teams, 
certainly separate data sets for your paid acquisition and your organic acquisition. And what you're saying is you need to merge that data and merge the insights between those in order to have a more holistic overview, I guess, of how your app is growing or how it needs to grow. Is that true? Yeah, I would say a good example of that is, let's say that I want to track some keywords on on the ASO side on my iOS app. And I do have, let's say, a thousand keywords tracked on my ASO tool. If I were to have my Apple search as data about those organic keywords that I'm tracking, it will be a good indication to see which keywords that I can use for my next update. Let's say that on the Apple search side of things, I do have some keywords that I'm getting really good conversion rates out of it. It's a really good time for me to maybe I should include them in my subtitle in my next update. So things like that will be, I think, start to be more clear. We do have lots of clients who do use us, our tool in different teams. Some teams, creative teams use our ad intelligence. ASO teams uses our ASO intelligence and paid acquisition teams uses search ads. And pretty much they do use intelligence capabilities and they try to merge this data in some in some campaigns and projects so we don't want them to do any hands-on work we want to show these insights right on the platform excellent let's end here we always ask everybody on the show for their top tip we're going to ask you for one around apple search ads what's your top tip for mobile marketers who are using asa so my top tip for marketers on Apple search ads will be having the willingness and frameworks for testing and iteration. So there are basically three main challenges I see today on Apple search ads. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's good to mention. The first thing is finding the keywords. The second thing is the optimizing the campaign structure. And the third thing is finding insights about how your campaigns are performing and iterating based on them. So for the first thing to find new keywords, you can always get more intelligence data on both organic and paid keywords on your genre to bid on more keywords that can bring you good value. And on the campaign optimization side, which is like you have to constantly change your bids, your daily caps, if you're running on scale for let's say tons of keywords, it's always good to find ways to be more wisely with your budgets, like automating your bidding processes and getting notified about your, you know, let's say daily cap hitting its endpoint and your uh, campaign is getting exhausted by some keywords and some other keywords are not getting barely any impressions. So things like that will make you more intelligent on iterating your campaign structure. And also, you know, always, turning back where you started and looking at the data that you have to better iterate. I believe, you know, we always mention in whatever sense we talk about mobile actions intelligence, whatever we say is not, doesn't make sense unless it's backed by data. So it's always good to see your own data, but not only your data, you as an app marketer would pretty much benefit from looking at your competitors in your genre to get inspiration and also see how they are strategizing so you can also position yourself better. Very good, Taha. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, this was amazing. Thanks for having me. 
And thanks for some insights into how advertisers can also scale on app search ads as well. Thanks, Taha. And thank you to all the listeners. We really do appreciate you. Hope you're enjoying it. Let us know on social if you are. And let us know if you want to come and we'll have you on the show. If you're a mobile hero or you know of someone who is, then fill out the interest form over at shorturl.at forward slash JKSKT. Also, Liftoff has a Slack for mobile heroes and people in the mobile ecosystem. There's a link on the screen. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's at info.liftoff.io slash slack dash sign up. It's pretty cool. There's smart people there. And you know what? They probably need you too. And you have probably been completely blown away by all the insights on this show. And you want your transcript. And you can have it because the transcripts are over at Liftoff's website. Go to liftoff.io, click on Heroes, and then click on Podcast. I actually personally love transcripts because I read way faster than people talk. So that's a great way to get insights really, really quickly. Until next time, this is John Kutz here. Thank you so much for joining. And this is Peggy Ann Saltz signing off for Mobile Heroes Uncensored. 